0: Welcome to Welcome to the Uncharted Territories, I'm Max. And I'm Tina. And we're here to discuss Season 3, Episode 21 of Farscape.
1: Into the Lion's Den, Part 2, Wolf in Sheep's Clothing.
0: Too long, too long. Names need to be short.
1: I'm sorry, that is never a stance you have taken before.
0: Hush, the body. Oh, I
1: thought you were telling me to hush. I was like, excuse me?
0: (laughs) No, no. Hush, the body.
1: I'm sorry. Band
0: the, candy. Come on. These are. The
1: greatest television episode of all time is Remedial Chaos Theory. That's.
0: I love Clone High. And you know the thing with Clone High's episode titles is uh, every one of them has a, a semicolon and then a second title.
1: I didn't, but I. I mean, like, I love the colon and then the second title. Like, that's. That's kind of my jam.
0: Like, uh, one of my favorite ones is. I, 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 I can't do them. They're all. Uh, also, I can't say something's one of my favorite ones when I don't fully remember it, but it's the uh, the sleep deprivation one, where it's uh, a lament of sleep, semicolon, a rude awakening.
1: Oh, okay. So when I was in college, I love titles that are like this. I love this kind of title. Um, and so when I was in college, I made it a point to try to make all of my paper titles like this. Mm-hmm. And I think my favorite paper title that I ever did was... The objectification and sexualization of women in Weimar cinema: A comparative study of *The Blue Lady* and *Little Girl Lost*. Colon are women things. Mm. That was (laughs) that was my favorite title. Actually, I really like that paper too. Anyway, *Farscape*.
0: It's fine. Long titles are fine.
1: Speaking of dark and depressing cinema.
0: Too many animals in this one. It's a mixed metaphor. Into the Lion's Den, Wolf in Sheep's Clothing. It's a mixed metaphor and it's too many animals.
1: No, see, that's a great argument against this title.
0: Yes. But yeah, this one's super dark. And this one, they kill the baby they lobotomized last episode. What is this, Charmed? Oh,
1: I was going to say, who do they think they are? Mary Margaret and Prince Charming? How is
0: this a reoccurring thing in all of the shows? We...
1: This literally happens in all of our podcasts. Yeah, so uh, spoiler alert, except, you know, spoiler alert for this episode. This is the episode where Talon dies, everyone. I, I almost feel like we should trigger warning, but Talon is a ship? I don't know. Yeah. Talon dies in this episode. Be prepared.
0: What a waste. I know. Like, I know. you made a comparison when we were watching the episode, which I think is apt, where this is how they got Riley out of Buffy. They had to have him do something that was vastly out of character for him, so they'd have an excuse to remove him when really they could have just removed him
1: hmm yeah. And then and then they would have had the door open to bring him back. I, like, they even did bring Riley back because they didn't have to kill him off in Buffy.
0: Yeah, he just realized, wait a second, there's literally no reason for me to be here. And they, they could have just had Talon run off again.
1: Yeah, Talon and Grace could have been, like, gallivanting about the galaxy. And then we could have been talking about, like, the web spinoff that we wanted about the misadventures of... Bylar and Talon.
0: Oh yeah, also Space Krace. Ropes. Yeah, also Krace dies in this episode.
1: Oh yeah. Also <laughs> Krace. What's really funny is I don't even really think of Krace as being a loss. Not because, you know, not because of anything about Krace, but specifically because
0: Lanny Tupu's still on the show. Yeah,
1: he's still voicing Pilot. So he's basically still here.
0: So, yeah, as a reminder, last episode, John was like, we need to kill Scorpius, and then immediately teamed up with Scorpius, but as, like, an excuse to kill him.
1: Well, Scorpius was like, hey, don't forget, the Scarans are even scarier, and it's like, well...
0: Yeah, you need to give us wormhole uh, knowledge, or else the Scarans will fuck obliterate the universe. And, and,
1: and it's like, you already knew that, that's why... The other John died to keep that knowledge away from the Scarens. Like he did his part to do that. Now you're supposed to do your part to do this. Uh, but don't forget, this episode ended on the cliffhanger of Scorpius. Not this episode. Last episode ended on the cliffhanger of Scorpius revealing to John that he knew the location of Earth and that Earth was reachable because it's only like 60 light years away, and he is going to go. Blow up Earth if John does not give him wormhole technology. Which, hey, look, it's that's just, that's essentially how Star Wars: A New Hope starts, right? Mm. With Darth Vader blowing up Alderaan. Yeah. So much science fiction that comes after Farscape takes from Farscape, but Farscape does uh, does love itself a reference to some classic sci fi. Mm.
0: So yeah, also John and Scorpius have this like Life Link bracelet thing that connects their. Life forces, but in a science way, not in a magic way. Yeah. So if one of them dies, the other one dies and they feel each other's pain or whatever.
1: Right. This was John's safety measure to go on the ship because then he knew that Scorpius wouldn't kill him. Although, yeah, turns out that Scorpius will just blow up his home planet. Like, he needed that chip from that episode of Futurama where Bender feels emotions. (laughs) That's what he needed. Not the physical thing. Especially since Scorpius is, like, half Scarran and half Sebation, which means he's, like, 20 times more powerful than Jon as far as being able to take pain.
0: Yeah, because also part of the thing is since they feel each other's pain or whatever, he's like, oh, Scorpius can't torture me, which... you se- I mean, I know it's a heat retention suit, but you've seen how Scorpius dresses. You think this is a dude who minds pain, but yeah, then... The episode opens with Scorpius sexy torturing John and then doing a kiss lean.
1: It's like, it's funny because it's the kind of shot that they usually do with Aaron and John.
0: Yeah, John's lying on the floor and Scorpius is straddling him and he's, like, cradling John's neck and he, like, talks directly into his mouth and he's like, If you don't give me the information, I'm going to blow up your stupid little planet.
1: So... We didn't mention Graza. Last episode, we also met a new character, a, another peacekeeper who is a sexy lady peacekeeper who is going to come and take over the ship because she thinks Scorpius is wasting his time on these wormholes and everything is going to be bad. So
0: yeah, that's the reason Scorpius is so hep about getting the information now, 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 now. Because uh, pretty soon a high-level peacekeeper lady is going to come and...
1: Take his toys away.
0: Yeah. So he needs the information before that happens. Also, also as a reminder, uh, we found out that both Krace and Aaron's ex-girlfriends are on this ship. Yup. I love how this basically doesn't amount to anything.
1: Well, it was humanizing for them in the last episode. It was was
0: humanizing for Aaron.
1: That's true. Yeah. Sorry. It was humanizing for Aaron. It was part of Aaron's arc in the last episode. And honestly, we're going to talk about how it affected the emotional journey that she continues to go on in this episode, even though, as you said, it's not really that important.
0: Yeah. And as for Grace, it was just another example of how little he cares for the women in his life.
1: And how little the people in his life care about him. Because remember, she was pretending to be still into him so that she could betray him.
0: This would have worked so much better if it was his assistant lady who he murdered.
1: Yeah, but he already killed her.
0: Yeah, he murdered her, so.
1: You know what? I don't mind Kreis not getting his own emotional journey because Aaron's is pretty powerful in this episode, in my opinion.
0: Honestly, I'm not complaining about the Kreis thing because the moment where he's, where he, uh, spoilers for later in the episode, but the moment later in the episode where he turns to the woman, he's like, I knew you were spying on me and feeding information to everyone. I'm not stupid. It's pretty great.
1: Yeah. Okay, so, uh, basically John knows that Scorpius has to be stopped by any means necessary, and Grey's a coming, despite what Krace seems to believe, is not a solution, because Scorpius is gonna go full-on mutiny on the bounty.
0: He's gonna go full-on Krace.
1: He's gonna go full-on Krace! That's so funny! He says to Krace he's gonna go full Captain Quig, which is mutiny on the bounty, but yeah, that's what Krace did. <laughs> Wow, you know, John just has this effect on people. He just... Oh, God,
0: is John going to start working with Scorpius later, and they're going to get the romantic relationship that he has with Grace now? And they just
1: become romantic best friends?
0: And then, uh, of course, uh, Graza becomes the new...
1: Insane uh, military commander from the monologue at the beginning of the episodes. And
0: Scorpius dies fighting her, and then he develops that relationship with her, and then the movies happen, I'm guessing.
1: Wait, I thought you hadn't seen this show yet. No, I'm just kidding. I mean, not entirely. <laughs> you're not. You're not entirely wrong.
0: There's only so many times they can do that before they run out of episodes,
1: right? There's only there's only one season left after this. We're on we're on the penultimate episode of season three.
0: Wow, it's weird because we started this and our Charmed podcast at the same time, but I kind of felt like there were seven seasons of Farscape. But no, no, it's uh, we're going to finish uh, Farscape while we're still in the just getting bad episodes of Charmed.
1: Yeah. That's true. That is accurate. But that's okay because we'll be coming back every week with uh, Welcome Welcome to to the the Q Q Continuum. continuum. Yeah.
0: How long is that going to last? How much stuff was Q in?
1: Um, Well, we're going to hit every single Q episode and the Q novels. And what's, oh God, I don't want to get too spoilery, but Q has just appeared in the second season of Picard. So, it's actually going to be really great. We're going to be able to do, like, a whole big thing. It's going to, like, start with original series Star Trek, and we're going to be able to wrap it up with stuff that aired, like, just now.
0: Are we going to have to watch those episodes of My Little Pony, where he's there as Q? Uh,
1: well, first of all, My Little Pony Friendship is Magic episodes are only 14 minutes long. Okay. And, so it's not like it's an onerous task. Yeah. But also... Let's watch them and see if we need to include them.
0: Let's watch one and see if we need to include them. How
1: many them. was he in? I thought he was in, like, two.
0: No, he's, like, a recurring character.
1: Oh, I knew he, like, made it a big part of his, like, thing, and he did that brony documentary, but I thought that it was, like, he was in two episodes and that he was like, hey, I own this franchise now!
0: I never super-watched the show. I was dating someone who watched it, so I saw a few episodes, but he was a reoccurring guy in those episodes.
1: Gotcha. Okay, well, we should debate which episodes of... Of Star Trek we're going to discuss on... (laughs) Off mic. Anyway. John says he's going to blow up the command carrier. It's the only way to be sure. Is it... Is
0: it the only way to be sure? Well,
1: because he has to destroy all of the material that Scorpius has gathered. I guess. And here's the thing. I really want to contrast this moment to the moment where... Stark shows up and tells them that they're going to blow up the shadow depository or rob it rather like that's an exciting heist moment. And I mentioned last week that without Stark, no one knows how to formulate a plan. Like Stark is their plan guy. He's their Cyclops, like in more than one way. And
0: the thing about this is this is a different situation. We're not robbing an evil bank. We're blowing up a ship that has a lot of children on it, as was pointed out last episode.
1: Well, and and as is pointed out right now by Aaron, Aaron's like...
0: You know there are kids on this ship, right?
1: And it's clear, like, the undercurrent of what she says, even though she doesn't say it out loud, is she left the peacekeepers because they did evil shit, like, not care that they were blowing up ships with children on them. And if she's going to be part of this new crew that she's been part of for four years. But, you know, she's not going to accept being part of a crew that allows that kind of collateral damage. So she's not okay with that idea.
0: And John's like, it's fine. I'm sure they'll evacuate the children first, right? That's the sort of thing peacekeepers do, right? Prioritize children over full-grown, already-trained soldiers? Because remember, the children that are here are here to be trained to be soldiers. That's ragingly optimistic of John. And it's ragingly optimistic of Aaron to believe that, yes, the children will be the first ones evacuated when something goes down.
1: Well, I mean, this is what I'm saying is this being part of Aaron's arc. She really didn't learn in her bones what the Peacekeepers were until, until now. Mm. So, Crace is going to go get Talon. The plan is that... They're going to have Talon starburst inside of the command carrier, which will cause the command carrier to explode, because it will essentially rip open space inside of the command carrier. And...
0: This is a mission that Talon and Grace will textually stated, no going into this, not survive.
1: Yes. Well, Crace knows that, Grace. which we'll talk about. Mm. And... And the thing about the starburst is, even though it will be deadly to the command carrier, it will give them time to evacuate. So, should the peacekeepers choose to do so, they can survive. So, that's kind of the the compromised errand. Even though, as you as you kind of hinted, that might not that might not be what what peacekeepers are. Mm. And speaking of what peacekeepers are and what Scorpius is. John goes into the war movie in his head to talk to Harvey, head Scorpius, about whether or not Scorpius would actually spend 60 years flying to Earth just to blow it up just because he was pissed at John.
0: And Brain Scorpius is like, maybe, like, don't underestimate how into retribution real me is, but also he's got a lot of other stuff going on and there are a lot of people he hates more than you. Mm -hmm. So, like... I think it's probably on his list, but far enough down so you can be reasonably confident he'll die before it happens. Yeah. What, what What's what's the meme again, Leah? I took a calculated risk, but boy, am I bad at math.
1: I've never heard that meme. That's amazing. Meanwhile, while John was in this like headspace, he was doodling alien numbers on his hand, and when he comes out of it, he realizes that he's finished the calculations and and he can unlock wormholes now.
0: All right, so that knowledge isn't just brain-buried anymore. hmm He can do wormholes whenever he wants.
1: Which is important because now it's not just theoretical. Now, you know, the knowledge is out there.
0: Meanwhile, Crace's girlfriend is pumping him for information about, you know, what John's up to, what Scorpius is up to, what everyone's up to, what the plans are. And Crace is like, I'm putting in, like too effort-wise he really is (laughs) he's like barely pretending to believe her he's like oh yeah i've got all the plans i know everything that's going on but i can't tell you just yet (sighs)
1: so craze gets arrested trying to get onto talon and dragged before scorpius by like these guys in
0: Gimp suits.
1: Well, it's it's the armor that Aaron was wearing in the first episode, the flight armor, mm. which we have not seen since then because the whole point of it was to hide Aaron's...
0: To do a lady reveal.
1: Right, to hide her identity. And, and
0: Remember when Once Upon a Time did that with Mulan and like she was only ever wearing a helmet in situations where she could dramatically whip it off to reveal that she was... In the first place, a girl, and in the second place, Mulan.
1: So, I have not seen the new live-action Mulan, but I understand that there's a lot of hair-flinging reveals in that movie as well.
0: It's... I I don't have a lot of nice things to say about Modern Simpsons. Dear God, please let Julie Kavner retire. She's so... not should-be-doing-that-currently. I'm sorry, I just, I, I saw a clip from like the most recent season and she sounds like she's in physical pain doing the Marge voice.
1: She does, yeah.
0: But there was a later episode where Homer gets really into doing opera. Like he, he injures his back and mm-hmm. he discovers he's an amazing opera singer when he's on his back and he's being chased down by fans and he gets rescued by someone on a motorbike. And uh, Oh yeah. And she, you know, drives him to his house and then she takes off her helmet and she whips out, you know, she whips out her hair and she does the slow motion flip and she's like... I bet you weren't expecting me to be a woman, huh? And he's like, eh. Like, it's not a great bit, but it really encapsulates my whenever this is played as a twist anymore.
1: Yeah, yeah. Eh.
0: That was a long tangent for something that's barely related to what happened.
1: (laughs) Uh, No, what's happening here is that Scorpius is having Krace dragged before him and Krace is like, Hey, I'm secretly on your side. And also guess what? John is totally going to blow up the command carrier and you should,
0: you should let me go on Talon because I want to leave before that happens.
1: And okay. So Aaron goes to the park area. That's like the holodeck on the danger room. Mm. Cause the holodeck is for fun. The danger room is for fighting but it like looks like a peaceful park but because they're peacekeepers they just use it to fight in different environments and she sees a little a little girl peacekeeper getting beat up by some other kid peacekeepers and she helps her up and like bandages her wound and then her girlfriend is like hey you're making her soft and then literally beats her like she
0: hits her on the she's got a cut on her hand and the woman you know Grabs her, and she smacks her in the cut, and she's like, it'll scar, you'll want it, it'll show that you're strong, and then pushes her away. And she turns to Aaron, and she's like, I want her to survive. You are making her weak. And then she walks off, which is not a good way to raise children, but I can see...
1: Yeah, you have a lot more sympathy for her side of it that i do watching it but yeah you're right like she does she does from her point of view believe she is correct
0: yes i want to be very clear that she is not correct this is a terrible way to raise children
1: but remember they're not raising children they're raising Ra- soldiers yeah which is another problem
0: yeah yeah i I'm... the important the important thing isn't that we find her motives sympathetic or sensical, the important thing is that the motives make sense to her. Right. She thinks, she sees Aaron, you know, taking care of this girl as making sure that this girl will not survive later in life.
1: I mean, in some ways you could say that because of that, the show is doing a good job threading the needle of making her understandable to us, but also...
0: Unsympathetic.
1: Yes. So, John, meanwhile, is still writing out the calculations on his hand. So last week, when John was talking to the other scientist who's trying to unlock wormholes, he showed him his hand at one point. And I feel like that was because of this thing where he goes into a trance and is writing the wormhole calculations on his hand. I feel like it was supposed to tie back to that moment, but the show never explicitly does that. But it makes me think there must be a deleted scene that mm-hmm. ties that back. That's why I brought it up last week. So I just wanted to mention it here before Grace shows up with Scorpius and Scorpius drags John off and is like, You're not gonna blow up my ship and John's like, Grace, you betrayed us
0: How dare you throw me into the Briar Patch
1: Uh so yeah, now all of the Moya crew is in a cell on the command carrier.
0: And Dargo is having the SADs because, you know, I swore that I would never be held prisoner again. And it's like, okay, yes, true. But also you've been held prisoner kind of a lot since then. I think that promise has been very, very broken by this point.
1: Well, this is an interesting time to remember the way aging differs amongst alien races in the Uncharted territories. Because is like, I was a peacekeeper prisoner for eight years. And Raj is like, yeah, I was a prisoner for 130 years.
0: Calm down.
1: And that's how long it took me to escape.
0: And you don't me- see me being a giant wiener baby about it.
1: And then John confronts Crace, who's like, John, duh, obviously this is a plan. You just don't know the whole plan because Stark isn't here to actually come up with a good plan. This is to throw Scorpius off the scent so I can go get on Talon and blow everything up.
0: So, yes, Crace is explaining his plan and he's like, look. I'm going to die doing this. I'm going to sneak aboard Talon and convince the lobotomized baby to commit suicide, because I have nothing to live for and he has nothing to live for, and this will allow you to escape and destroy Scorpius and any wormhole knowledge he might have.
1: I mean, to be fair, I don't think it's, I don't think it's fair to categorize what Krays or Talon is doing as suicide, since it is a sacrifice in aid of saving the entire universe. Yeah. Um it's just that we're so used to once upon a time where people make sacrifices, but then they don't have to die. But this is not this is not the enchanted forest. This is the uncharted territories. Hey,
0: we're also used to charmed where they Actually I was gonna say where they do that too, but
1: They never yeah. make sacrifices on charmed. They never even pretend they're making sacrifices.
0: So John is mad because he doesn't want Crace, who's his buddy now, to die and,
1: uh... Uh, It's weird because he's torn, right? He doesn't want Crace to die, and also he's not entirely sure he trusts (laughs) Crace. So...
0: And Aaron's like, look, I'll rescue the rest of our crew, and I'm sure the peacekeepers will evacuate the children first. You know, the next generation of soldiers, I'm sure they'll get them out of there first. It's... it sucks, but... Krace is... I'm willing to sacrifice Grace to get what I want.
1: Now, to be fair to Aaron, Aaron probably cares about Talon. I mean, she, Krace, and Moya are probably the three people in the universe who care about Talon the most. So, it's not nothing to sacrifice Talon.
0: Yeah. And to a much, 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 much lesser degree, Grace.
1: Oh, yeah. Krace who?
0: Also Grace.
1: So... Aaron says that she just needs John to go out and create a distraction, and he's like, hey, good news. That's kind of my forte. As a bard. I think we haven't mentioned in a while.
0: Mm. You need me to be loud, annoying, and distracting? My time has come.
1: <laughs> oh. You so- know what I just noticed? What? John is wearing gloves in these scenes. He doesn't. He he doesn't wear gloves normally, but because he's been writing the wormhole equations down, now he is. Hmm. Huh.
0: So John goes and he has a little chat with the uh,
1: sci- other scientist. Yeah,
0: the scientist guy who's been helping him out. And he's like, you know, we can't finish the wormhole thing, right? Like, if we finish doing the wormhole stuff, then badness will occur. And the science guy's like, look. I'm not evil. I just really like science. This is uh, this is my life's work. But also, yeah, I don't want to hurt people. And John's like, "Good. Got a big chair. I need to strap you into because <laughs> we've been working together, and you have a lot of wormhole knowledge. And I'd rather
1: not kill you." So, yep, he's gonna put him in the Aurora chair and erase the knowledge of wormholes from his brain. John, you couldn't find the saved files on this ship. You think you can operate the Aurora chair?
0: So the lady spy comes up to Crace and she's like, oh, was that everything? Crace was Crichton's plan. Everything. Is there more stuff that I should know as your sex confidant? And Crace just kind of pushes her to the ground. He's like, look, I know what you're doing. You are not good at your job. F you. And uh, she's like, I thought I was being a good spy. Why is he upset?
1: He says, if they were really trying to get information about me, they should have sent somebody I care about.
0: Oh, but all the people you care about are dead, Grace.
1: Right? Remember, John killed your brother. Yeah. Yeah. Although this does, it's such a it's such a toxic line. Mm-hmm. But I do still kind of like the line from High Fidelity when he's yelling at the woman who just dumped him. If you really wanted to screw me up, you should have gotten to me earlier. <laughs> Because he's thinking about all of his past breakups that affected him. Or or she, if you're watching the Hulu series, that was amazing because they basically just redid High Fidelity gender-swapped and made no changes and it worked so well!
0: I think, I mean, I know this is like a... I, I actually don't know how true this is, but... Uh, you read that thing, right, about how in the uh, script for Aliens... I'm sorry, in the script for Alien.
1: Right, Ripley was supposed to be a man.
0: No, none of the characters had gender assigned to them when they wrote out the script. It was all just last names.
1: Oh, that I didn't hear.
0: Yeah, and then they just hired actors that they felt fit the characters best.
1: Yeah, I don't know if that's true or if it's an urban legend, but I hope it's true.
0: That's why uh, she doesn't get the name Ellen until the sequel. Huh. If it's true, which it might not be. Also, it's been a really long time since I've seen Alien, but I don't think that... uh, her name being Ellen was established until
1: Yeah, the I don't sequel. think so either. Yeah.
0: But yeah, it's one of those things where I'm like, I hope that's
1: true. Me too. So back in Farscape, John is talking to Pilot, trying to explain why Talon has to sacrifice himself basically to get Moya's sign off on it. And this is a weird scene in that it, it feels kind of necessary. Like it feels necessary to have this conversation with Moya before Talon's death but on the other hand there is no conversation we could see that would make this sacrifice seem to be something that Moya would sign off on.
0: Yeah, Moya's been very upfront about being willing to kill everyone on her to save her kid sometimes when it's inconvenient for the plot other times she seems pretty okay with you know Letting Talon die or whatever. But, yeah, but yeah, John has this really depressing conversation with Pilot about how Talon was always destined for death. And it's it's really harsh,
1: well, but what's interesting here is kind of the way Talon is thematically that way tied to the little peacekeeper girl that we just saw. Because Talon was always destined for death because he was a gunship. He was created by the peacekeepers and born to be a soldier, just like that little girl. And he is destined for death. And even though it's going to happen off screen, she's going to die in the same explosion. God, this is a fucking dark episode. God damn it, Farscape. And um, I mean, I feel like I said earlier, the show gets pretty dark. And here we are. <laughs> The all is lost moment.
0: Oh my God, you blew up the kindergarten deck.
1: I mean, yeah, at least at least in lower decks, the sci-fi show you're quoting. that was just a holographic test and not, you know what yeah. is actually happening.
0: Yeah, it was a hollow deck simulation that showed why it's a really good thing Rutherford isn't in command.
1: So anyway, John, on, on the command carrier, John has gone and taken his Farscape 1 module. He says that he's going to test out the wormhole knowledge and that he has to fly it because no one else knows how to fly the module. Scorpius is like, I'm not going to fall for that. And John is like, um, okay, maybe you're not, but also no one else knows how to run it. And it has like a whole shitload of calculations that you need. So
0: yeah, like, look, uh, either I do this and die doing this, which I'm, don't think I will because I'm pretty sure I'm right about this, or I don't do this, you know, that badass older lady comes back and kills me and I die slightly later without giving you the information you need.
1: He also suggests that Scorpius come with him on a sexy, sexy wormhole flight in his one-man module, which is a thing that previously he's only really done with Aaron. I mean, I guess he's brought Rigel with him before, but Rigel's a tiny Rigel doesn't man. count. Yeah, exactly.
0: It's like bringing a tapeworm with you.
1: So he gets into the module of Scorpius and he's like, you ready to rumble, Scorpius? And Scorpius is like, yes, John. I'm just saying, it's, their relationship has gotten very sexual.
0: If you feel his lap getting uneven, it's just because of the vibrations from the wormhole.
1: Right. Not
0: to be super gross.
1: Like that Garfunkel and Oates song, uh, Go-Kart Racing Accidentally Masturbating. (laughs)
0: Yes, exactly like that Garfunkel notes song, Go Kart Racing Accidentally Masturbating.
1: Oh my gosh, should I make a supercut? Like, I already have another Farscape supercut project to do, but, or not a supercut. Should I do a fan edit of.
0: Yes, of this scene over.
1: Oh, over Go Kart Racing? <laughs> yes. Uh, anyway, they go into the wormhole. It's not our fault they made wormholes so sexy. Space is sexy. I mean, that's just. That's a thing that Farscape really, really understands. Space is sexy.
0: John describes this mission as a real Kodiak moment. Kodak moment. Sorry, I keep on doing that. <laughs> Cameras, not bears.
1: Right. <laughs> you said that when we were watching it, too.
0: I, I can't help it. And it's not like Kodak is super relevant anymore.
1: Yeah, that's true.
0: But uh, he describes it as a real Kodak moment. And I'm like, how on earth did the translator microbes do that? Or did they just not? Oh, like, would they translate it as, like, this is a real memory I would like to save?
1: Yeah, because there's not necessarily a... It's not like a curse word where when you hear it, you're like, well, okay, I get it. That's a curse word. I understand from context. There's not a context clue when you say this is a blank moment. What, John? This is a scary moment? This is a fun moment? This is, I should be ducking because my head's going to fall off moment?
0: And it's not like a pop culture reference, which we know they don't translate. It's, it's an idiom. Yes. And I feel like idioms do get translated.
1: So, you know how some people who are sitting on this on this microphone with me are like Oh, that episode of Star Trek with Darmok is so dumb because that would never happen.
0: Not that it would never happen. I just think they should have blown up the planet because dealing with them was very annoying.
1: So what you're saying to me is you are pro Scorpius's plan of going and blowing up Earth.
0: <laughs> because Earth is annoying.
1: Yes. Well, No, he could just... I.
0: They didn't need to blow up Meme Planet. They could have just avoided it. And granted, I like the character from Meme Planet who shows up in Lower Decks, but that's because he's actually trying. The thing that bothers me about the Darmok episode is that Picard is putting in all of the effort, and the Darmok guy is just saying the same thing over and over again and expecting Picard to pick up on what he means.
1: Okay, but Kayshawn isn't trying. It's just that they have... uh... Figured out how to get the translators to translate uh, his language in Lower Decks.
0: It seems like he's actively trying.
1: I guess. I like
0: k in a way that I viscerally dislike the Darmok episode. And the thing is, I get it, it's a good point, and I'm not saying it couldn't happen because...
1: It has? It literally has? We
0: have had entire conversations that were basically just Simpsons memes, but... Also... I know this would, no one would want this, this would be super boring, but God, I would love to see a thing about, like, alien translators.
1: Okay, I don't think that would necessarily be super boring.
0: No, I think it would be a really interesting thing for a very small subset of people. I'm not a sci-fi person, but I think it's interesting how stuff gets translated and in taking that to a larger scale would be interesting
1: you know it would be cool and i feel like modern trek is just the trek to do it would be an episode of, of one of the new modern trek series that takes place entirely on that planet and entirely in their language
0: you will have to t- you would have to take that journey alone i like kaishan because both people are trying when they have conversations with him
1: okay it's
0: not just the same guy repeating the same thing to picard over and over again which I get it when you've only lived on this one planet that only communicates this one way. You don't have a context for a greater scope of language. But mm-hmm. but you could try to understand what Picard's saying. You could try. Your planet's going to get blown up. I mean, it's not because Picard is not Janeway. I want to see that episode of Janeway, with
1: <laughs> of Janeway dealing with them. <laughs>
0: I'm kidding it would be three seconds long because Janeway would just blow that planet up I've never seen Voyager but I'm assuming a lot of things and I'm given to understand that I'm correct that Janeway's default response to any situation is to murder as many people as possible
1: Mm, and then their word for a great threat would turn into like when Janeway arrived (laughs) (laughs) anyway uh, Krace and Aaron overpower the guards that are guarding Talon to get onto Talon That's, that's, that's what's going on here And Aaron has her sad goodbye with Grace because he's going to die. And she's like, I am so out of sad goodbye tears because I literally just did a sad goodbye with the John I was in love with. So, yeah.
0: She kind of pats him on the cheek and she's like, well, good luck, buddy. Hope that hell doesn't exist because if it does, you're probably in pretty big trouble.
1: Meanwhile, in the ship, I I don't mean to make this sexual, it just keeps happening. Says Scorpius as he says, I've never felt this connected, John. Oh, dear. Mm -hmm. But he means, you know, being in a wormhole. Oh, dear.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Meanwhile, Chris talks a lobotomized baby into destroying himself and killing a bunch of people.
1: Yep. And I mean, again, Uh... like the conversation with Moya, this is a conversation that needs to happen. We, the audience, need to feel like this is Talon's choice. Otherwise, this is a reprehensible moment. But, on the other hand...
0: He got lobotomized last episode.
1: Right. How could this possibly be a choice that he makes? It It's not It's not possible to think that he could have, in any meaningful way, made this choice. But, we have to kind of accept the show telling us that he did, because otherwise this is... Awful. Yeah. Horrible. Yeah.
0: Intensely immor- immoral. And, uh, I mean, honestly, even removing the lobotomy thing... Literal child who does not understand the impact of death.
1: Yep. Yep. Anyway, all this is going down while John is in the wormhole with Scorpius, so that Scorpius doesn't know what's going on to stop it. And now that John and Scorpius rearrive, Krace is like, Hey Scorpius, I'm talking to you from the Bridge of Talon, and uh
0: Yeah, I'm uh
1: We're gonna we're gonna fuck your shit up.
0: Yeah, we're going to kill everyone on this ship, so if you want to evacuate, say, all of the children on the ship, now would probably be the time for that, because pretty soon everyone here is going to die.
1: I actually really love this moment, because Scorpius is like, Bracca, where is he? And Bracca's like, he's in this hangar! And Scorpius is like, seal the hangar doors, don't let him escape! And Bracca's like, um, he's not- he's not trying to escape, he's- staying in there and powering up inside and it's like oh fuck that's a i mean that's a great moment that is a great oh fuck we are screwed moment
0: i really like grace's speech to scorpius here too because grace tells him he's like look you were not born a peacekeeper you were not raised a peacekeeper you don't know what peacekeepers are capable of you think by giving us the technology, you're doing some grand, you know, some grand service to the universe. But all you're doing is making us more dangerous. Mm-hmm. Like you don't know what you're doing here. The greater good will very quickly become the greater bad.
1: He also says, just to get personal about it, the last time I left this ship, I snuck off. But this time, I am not going quietly. This is honestly a pretty great hero moment for Kreis.
0: This is another situation where the ability to open doors would probably... Uh, <laughs> it's a bad thing when you're incapable of opening doors. Do you remember when Darga's ship almost blew up? Yes. And it emitted the radiation that stopped Moya from just opening doors <laughs> so they could push it into space.
1: Yes. I mean, to be fair, I don't think you can just push Talon into space. Because it's a ship. It's it's stronger than you are. You can't really push it if it doesn't want to be pushed. Hmm. It'll just fire its thruster thingies.
0: Then open the doors on the other side.
1: Then it'll fire its front thrusters.
0: You just need to get it out enough.
1: Well, we know that the Starburst aura or whatever is pretty big, so... Hmm. Yeah.
0: I was going to say uh, they should have done it when they got eaten by that space whale, but I guess it ki- since this is killing everyone, it would have been a bad idea.
1: Right. Remember, they, they were planning to do that, and then Stark was like, wait, no, don't do that. It's a terrible idea.
0: Oh, wow. This is actually really well set up.
1: Yeah. The seeds for this were planted
0: <laughs> in a bunch of other episodes, I guess. Yeah. So Talon blows up, and... Uh, yeah, this space station that they're in? It's
1: a command carrier.
0: This command carrier is going down.
1: Yep. And honestly, some of the greatest, most iconic shots happen in this episode. But before we get those, we see Moya's crew in the jail doing the Star Trek... The Star Trek dance thing where you're, like, flinging yourself back and forth to pretend that there's a...
0: There is a tumbler. I'm, I'm not sure if it's still active. Or if it was a Tumblr called Star Trek Stabilized,
1: where they just stabilized
0: the shot so you can just see the actors throwing themselves around without the
1: shaky cam. I thought you were going to mention a thing where Will Wheaton talked about how they had numbers. Like, it was like, okay, so this is like a four hit or like this is a ten hit. And then he was on a different show with another Star Trek cast member. I don't remember which one. Mm -hmm. And they had to do a similar thing. And the other cast member was like, okay, this is like a three. And Will was like, okay, got it. Got it. And everybody else was like, oh, fucking Star Trek people. (laughs) Anyway, Aaron goes into the park to try to rescue some of the children and get them out. And we see the park collapsing. And then we get the iconic shot I was hinting at where we see Scorpius walking up the stairway that leads to his essentially his throne and the wall bursts and water comes pouring down it and he's just standing there while it
0: floods while
1: it floods around him honestly I feel like a lot of budget was spent on this one sequence and it was well spent even years even decades later I feel like this shot holds up and is incredible.
0: This looks really expensive and really, I, I I, don't know, but it looks like a lot of practical effects.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, that's real water really flooding him.
0: And there's like sparks coming from the ceiling and smoke and you really feel the destruction.
1: And we talked last week about how much Nazi imagery is in the prior episode and is basically, you know, linked up with the peacekeepers. Mm-hmm. And it's important that the, the scene, the kind of Nazi propaganda scene that we saw last week is undercut by the complete destruction of the command carrier here. It's it, it makes it it makes it a moment that feels victorious, even though this is a Pyrrhic victory since Talon had to die for it to happen.
0: Also they just murdered a lot of children.
1: Also they just murdered Well, they murdered a lot of people, period. Yeah. And, you know, this is Scorpius's research vessel. We get a scene with John talking to the scientist, and he's all like... And the scientist is like, wait, you did this! And John's like, yeah, no shit. But remember, that guy isn't evil. So he's, you know, he's probably not the only scientist who is not a peacekeeper who is on this ship.
0: Well, his... Saying not evil is... We talked a lot last episode about the banality of evil Mm -hmm. this is a guy who is just interested in wormholes and he's working with the peacekeepers because he wants to advance the knowledge of the universe and like yeah it's noble to want to advance the knowledge of the universe but if you have to work with nazis Mm -hmm. basically to do so then a morally positive thing becomes negative negative. Yeah. Because of the means you're using to accomplish that goal.
1: So, weirdly, this guy always really reminds me of Gale from Breaking Bad. Okay. So, Gale is a character, Max, I know you haven't seen Breaking Bad. Yes. Who cooks amazing meth just because he's really into, like, the science of it. And he seems like a really great guy, and he's just, like, really fascinated with refining the chemical process to make meth. But, you know, he's... He's a, a key part of this giant meth empire. So, yeah, John puts him in the Aurora chair.
0: John puts him in the Aurora chair. So Scorpius is not having a good time currently.
1: It is not a day. It's not a good day for Scorpius. He says he, he puts out a call over the intercom and it says that it's priority one escape procedures.
0: And then he grabs Bracca and he's like, come on, it's time to go. It's time to go Z's. And uh, John and Aaron are having a radio conversation where uh, John's like, look, don't wait for me. I'm doing an important thing. Just get back to Moia and I'll meet you there. And Aaron's like, oh, good. More people are going to die.
1: I mean, Aaron is so out of fucks to give for saying goodbye to the men in her life who, yeah. So John activates your wheelchair. I guess he can do it, whatever. And I like that the alien guy is like, It's nice to know that wormholes could be achieved, even though I know that I won't be the one who sees it done. Hmm.
0: He's like, the important thing is that the science is out there, which is a nice character beat for this guy.
1: Yeah. So, Moya's crew cannot get an escape pod because, you know, the ship is collapsing. (laughs) So, Dargo connects to his ship, to his lucks ship and voice commands it to come pick them up which is awesome another seated thing that he can do
0: it is pretty cool
1: mom things are getting weird come get us
0: so aaron is running down the hallway when she's uh confronted by her ex-girlfriend her ex-girlfriend pulls a gun on her and she's like this was all you you and your fellow traitors and aaron's like um, excuse me, I'm a traitor, but the other ones were prisoners and have nothing to do with us. It's not betrayal to fight against an enemy. She doesn't say that. You said that when we were watching the episode. Yes,
1: yes. Uh, she does say, you know, you did this and now so many people are going to die. And Aaron's like, you had time to to evacuate. I'm sure most people are going to be fine. And her girlfriend's like, um, except we didn't evacuate. And then like a huge flame thing takes her out in a very gruesome way
0: yeah like this shot seems unnecessarily gross like uh there, there's because i mean this is a this is a thing with uh sci-fi you know whenever something goes bad it's this thing on star trek you know the ship sparks and you know right smokes and stuff and she gets hit, like, directly in the face, and we just see her face fried for several long, I mean, it's like unnecessarily she, long shots. It
1: looks like she opened the Ark of the Covenant.
0: Yeah, like, her face is melted.
1: But I don't think it's gratuitous. I think it's important that Aaron see this shocking image and feel the guilt of having caused this, even though she knows that it was part of what she had to do. I think she needs to feel this conflict.
0: Well, there's a thing in a lot of science fiction and a lot of action movies, too, where explosions are this very, like, neat, clean way Mm. to kill someone.
1: Yeah, people don't usually get burned in explosions unless they're Harvey Dent.
0: Yeah, like, it's a neat, clean way to kill people in movies. But in real life, if you're killed in an explosion, it's gruesome like this. This is really Aaron. being like, oh, oh, when whenever we blew up ships, this happened to people. Like, we're really we've 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 done horrible, horrible things.
1: Alright, so now another moment. John is getting in his module and Scorpius confronts him, and Scorpius tells him, Because of you, the Scarens are going to win and they're going to massacre millions upon millions of people. And John says one evil at a time. I'm just doing, I'm just doing the next best thing.
0: And before John gets onto the ship, he's like, so are you going to come after Earth? Or are you going to go kill my people? And Scorpius is like, why? Why bother? Why would I go this far out of my way to take revenge on, it It doesn't matter. None of this matters. None of this matters if I can't stop the Scarens." Like he he basically establishes here, like his goal is to stop the Scarens. And either he's going to succeed, in which case there's no point in blowing up Earth, or he's going to fail, in which case, the Scarens are probably gonna get the Earth at some point.
1: And this establishes him being different from Krace. He's not going to chase John across the galaxy. And
0: John has always been means to an end for him.
1: Exactly. And I love this because this is a great character-driven scene. That gives us a reason to have them get the Yench bracelets off. Hmm. Because the scene concludes with John giving Scorpius the code to take off his and and vice versa. So now they don't have the bracelets anymore. It's like an important narrative thing that needed to occur that is allowed to happen through character. This is masterful screenwriting. Also, John's code is 911. Really, John?
0: As a reminder, the Yench bracelets are the things where you feel each other's pain or whatever.
1: Right, exactly.
0: And you die if the other one dies. So, John has a conversation with Aaron where he tells her, he's like, look, you need to get out of here. Like, this, we can't save these people. We can't save any of these people. You need to leave.
1: He tells her over the radio, fly safe. Which is not a useful thing to tell someone. She's definitely going to try to fly safe, John. <laughs> but I, I I, appreciate the sentiment, but... Oh! Oh! Fly safe! safe you say because I was just gonna like I was gonna fly like I'm related to Chris
0: I was gonna fly with my butt cheeks oh we just said the same thing
1: (laughs) I'm steering the ship with my ass
0: (laughs) looks like Kurt's trying to land with his penis again
1: Anyway, that was, a, that was a lighthearted diversion on our part because things are super fucking dark now. Everyone's back on Moya and they're like, now what? And they're like, well, this was pretty fucking dark. So I think we're all going to go our own separate ways now because I don't know how you come back from this.
0: The battle's done and we kind of won. So we sound our victory cheer. Where do we go from here? I can't sing not a singer not a, not even a little bit but yeah everyone's like well i guess we kind of won i guess sort of we 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 murdered we murdered a lot of children no one's feeling good about this
1: yeah it's a dark moment and basically everyone's going to leave dargo'll take off in his ship and rigel will go back to hineria and Er, who knows what aaron and john are gonna do although john is writing the wormhole stuff on his body still so that's that's
0: he's doing a whole memento thing
1: Mm -hmm. but also not just for him to remember but for us the audience to remember john has the wormhole knowledge now
0: yeah it's not just very inconveniently locked away in his brain in a place that he can't access he he knows how to do wormholes He can do wormholes all willy-nilly they can go anywhere in the universe they want
1: but also, anybody can try to catch John and get the wormhole knowledge from him.
0: How many people know John has the wormhole knowledge?
1: Scorpius and the Scarans. No, I'm pretty sure the Scarans know he has the knowledge. How? They knew that getting John was part of Scorpius getting the knowledge.
0: Yeah, but also, don't they think John's dead? Cause...
1: Oh yeah, they think John's dead. So I guess he's he's safer now than he's ever been. He
0: legitimately could just go to Earth and try to forget about all of this. I know, I know, he wants to explore the universe or whatever. Like, that's worked out so well up until this point. You saw a cool-looking crab once, that was pretty neat.
1: So, the next episode, which is the season finale, Mm -hmm. is called Dog with Two Bones. And the episode description is, Moya wants Talon's remains in a sacred Leviathan place, but another Leviathan won't allow it. The crew's last mission together is to help fulfill Moya's wishes. After that, everyone goes their separate ways. Crichton discovers a secret of Aaron's.
0: Mm. So, I wasn't particularly under the impression that there was much of Talon left after the whole explosion thing, but I guess there is. I
1: I mean, for the purposes of this story, let's just say there is.
0: Do they just have, like, a giant bag of Talon chunklets that they want to-
1: <laughs> Dark. I mean, let's say yes. So, that was... That episode, it's kind of it's kind of a Buffy thing where they had uh, the big moment in the penultimate episode, and then the last episode is going to be dealing with the fallout.
0: Do you mean specifically Buffy season uh, four? Because I think that's the only finale that really did that.
1: Yes, it's really a Buffy season four thing. <laughs>
0: Yeah. I, I really liked this episode. It was dark, but in a way that worked and it didn't feel like it was wasting a lot of time, which is usually my problem with Farscape. You can usually really feel them needing to fill those 40 odd minutes. But mm-hmm. no, this this was a really good episode. It landed. It had a lot of strong moments for everyone.
1: Yeah. I mean, this is this is probably top 10 of the series as far as like well-written, well-done episodes. But... It's hard to say that because, as we mentioned, it's built on so much that came before it. Like, this is Mm. a really great combination of things.
0: Yeah. I believe that will take us to our segments. I
1: believe you're right. Our first segment is a distant part of the universe, which is what world building worked for you here.
0: Okay, so I talked about it a bunch, and I feel like it does really add to the Peacekeepers. The scene with Aaron's ex-girlfriend and the little girl... Like it it's a brutal thing and it shows, you know, sort of the philosophy the peacekeepers have like this super abusive way of raising children as soldiers is just justified as making sure that they'll survive as adults into adulthood and as adults. The scars will show how strong you are.
1: Also, other than a single flashback where Erin as a child meets her mother, Mm -hmm. I believe this is the only time we see peacekeeper children and are reminded of what it is that the peacekeepers do and how it is that they operate. So Mm. I think it's a really important moment for our understanding of what is at stake. Uh, Yeah, I agree with you. Absolutely. Our second segment is strange alien creatures. Which was there any creature design that worked for you?
0: And there wasn't really anything new this episode. This was a
1: part two, so this isn't really a. It doesn't really apply to this episode. But our final segment is the wonders that I've seen, which is what emotionally resonated with you this episode.
0: All right, for me, it was the scene with Scorpius and John, where Scorpius tells him like, "There's no point in him portraying like like." When Scorpius tells John, there's no point in me seeking vengeance out against you. Like, I needed you to do something. I needed you for a specific purpose, and destroying your planet doesn't help me with that. It's a really good moment between these two characters. And it shows that, in a weird way, everything Scorpius has done to John isn't personal.
1: And it brings Scorpius's morality kind of... It, it muddies the waters because Scorpius is evil. He has done evil things, and he's doing it to try to keep the Skarens from getting the wormhole technology. And has John not just killed 50,000 people to keep the Peacekeepers from getting the wormhole technology?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So, yeah, I... That was going to be my moment, too. We are very in Sorry. sync right now. No, no, that's okay. I will take as an alternate moment, Aaron, Your, your... <laughs> Distant part of the universe moment, which is Aaron meeting the the little girl on the not holodeck. Mm. And her having kind of compassion and concern in a way she was not raised to have and being struck down for that.
0: Mm. So I believe that'll about do it for this week.
1: I think that does do it for this week. This is kind of a shorter episode, mostly because as good as this episode is, a lot of it was action. So, you know... (laughs) Our show is partially listener-supported. If you want to be one of those supporters, head over to our website, www.welcometotelevision.net, and click on our Patreon link. We'd like to thank our current $5 and above patrons, Beryl, Patricia, Rosa, Ryan, Maricruz, Benjamin, Kate, Jen, and Dan.
0: If you'd like to help out the show in other ways, you could always rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. It helps other people find the show.
1: You can find us at... I Love TV Zines on Twitter, or you can email us at ilovetelevisionzines at gmail.com.
0: So until next time, I'm Max. And I'm Tina. And this has been Welcome to the Uncharted Territories.